Hey guys, it's your boy Noir. Have you ever heard of Noir? Nah, not me. I mean Noir Coin. Noir is a decentralized digital currency created to ensure your transactions are secure, private, and untraceable. They use this fantastic protocol called Sigma, which provides you complete anonymity over your funds. It has a 2.5 minute block time. What I thought was really cool is that it's a community governed currency. So all of the decisions are made by the community. So check it out. It also has no max supply. So anyone can mine Noir and use it every day as a daily payment method. You want more information? Make sure you follow them on Twitter at NoirCoin. That's at NoirCoin. And make sure you check them out at NoirOfficial.org. That's NoirOfficial.org. You're listening to the only place on the internet that offers the perfect blend of high-quality premium cigars and cryptocurrency news and commentary. Welcome to Cigars and Crypto. Now here's your host, Invest Noir. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Cigars and Crypto. It's your boy, Noir, and I am pleased to have Lady Anarchy with me today. How are you today, ma'am? Ah, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited about this chat. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm glad you accepted my invitation, and I appreciate you joining me this evening. So let's get started. Tell me, how did you get into crypto? Well, um, so... <clears throat> In 2016, I thought the world was going a little crazy. So um, I was labeled a libertarian by my uh, high school guidance counselor way back when. And so I decided to hang out with libertarians and see what they were up to. And maybe they were, you know, changing or doing something for the political climate in America. Because I was raised in the U.S. and, um, you know, kind of that was the year that I became semi-politically active trying to find ways to you know and, and things that i could do to really change the the trajectory of where i see the u.s going and i don't see that going in a very positive light um because i was originally born in russia and so um socialism and communism is something that uh, my family is very familiar with and i saw those tendencies in the u.s um so through my libertarian activism i found the anarchist community and where there are anarchists, there are cypherpunks. And where there are cypherpunks, there's Bitcoin. So that was kind of my trajectory. And I think the first time I actually decided to jump in was when I found out about Steemit. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, Steemit is basically a blogging platform that was the first of its kind to actually pay its users through curation rewards and through basically community use of this of this altcoin um, and they have like a really cool system there's like a peg to the dollar etc etc it was a really interesting experiment and uh, me being a writer I really wanted to try that out and I wanted to get paid for my work I wanted to actually you know um, kind of do a, um, an even exchange of energy value for value so I got into that and then I got into Bitcoin and as I learned more about it I realized that this was the way that we could change um, really big monetary systems that have been oppressive and and not really beneficial to to um, to where humanity could be headed. Um, I'm an end the Fed kind of girl, so 
So um, as soon as I saw the scarcity and you know um, the, the the trustless network that Bitcoin gives us, um, I knew that we could you know we could actually gain a lot of freedom from having our own uh, monetary system that we were completely in control of. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that. I, I, a lot of my listeners don't understand that money is only relevant because the people say money is relevant. If people decide that they want to start using gold and silver and not the U.S. dollar, then the U.S. dollar becomes irrelevant. Now, you also said something that kind of struck a nerve with me because I have another anarchist friend of mine who I think we are mutual friends with. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Nathan, uh, to Nathan Hawk. What's up, bro? It's good hey, to see Nathan. you online. <laughs> so tell me about the cyberpunk and the anarchist community. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, really, anarchy is about um, understanding self-ownership and property rights and basically saying, hey, this is my body. Everything that my body produces is an extension of my body. And I think every individual um, has that freedom. And so that's kind of that's kind of where, where Bitcoin is really aligned with, with anarchist philosophies and anarchist interests because it's money that you have and you get to decide who you want to share it with and when you want to share it with them. Um, there's no intermediary. There's nobody that says you can't send Bitcoin right now. There's no. There's nobody saying you can't send Bitcoin to this country. Um, and it's just faster and easier for the kind of global economy that we now have. Um, like I mentioned, being from Russia, um, one of the hardest things a couple of years ago was having my family send me, you know, money when there was an emergency or I needed help or anything like that. And um, when I discovered crypto, I actually used Litecoin to get my sister, my, my car broke down and I was like, you know, I didn't have enough savings to pay for it and I needed to get to work. And so she sent me Litecoin and it was extremely quick and I got to change into dollars and I got to fix my car. And that's not something that we used to have because there was all these payment networks and, and, and wires and the fees were really, really high. Um, and you know, we kind of finally had the freedom to interact internationally, um, financially, and, and the process was so much easier than anything that me and my sister had ever had to deal with before. You know, I think intermediaries cause friction in the economic environment. Mm-hmm. The numerous hands that transactions pass through and the small um, and sometimes large fees um, that they collect along the way make it really difficult for people to uh, transact, uh, transact peer-to-peer. Yeah. And it's sad because this is the system that we are accustomed to. Yeah. So, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with intermediaries per se, right? Um, we've kind of always had to have middlemen, right? Um, I can't think of an example, but I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess like um, you know, we had just talked about on this Bitcoin cruise that I went to, um, one of the speakers, Bitcoin Motorist, talked about the technologies that have kind of, you know, been evolving forces within humanity. And obviously the printing press is one that gets brought up a lot. And so before the printing press, 
the intermediaries were the monks who would take books and they would recopy the books and or translate the books and they would write it all down and then that book would go out and you know be distributed to mostly rich families but you know would kind of trickle down through libraries and and and, and other sources um, to everybody and then the printing press came about and all of a sudden there wasn't that intermediary anymore and it was great because monks were really useful to be able to you know codify um, these texts but then a technology came along that made them not so useful anymore and that just completely exploded the amount of information that we were able to copy and redistribute throughout you know throughout the world so I think it's kind of the same with Bitcoin is you know we have banks for intermediaries they worked um, we didn't have any other alternatives and now we do I think the alternative is the the key word there I, 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 using your example the monks created friction in mm -hmm. the dissemination of information because it only went to a few families whereas without the intermediary such as the printing press any and everyone is able to get in and that's that's kind of how i view bitcoin yeah. um i like it because anyone can use it anyone can obtain it there are multiple ways to get it you can earn it you can trade for it you can buy it there's no reason why you can't acquire some and yeah. it's network effect and indirect effects are so powerful that you got financial institutions and systems of government looking at blockchain, the technology behind Bitcoin, as not so much the saving grace, but the light at the end of the tunnel to eliminate waste and fraud and to speed up transactions. And I think Bitcoin whoever satoshi is he or she thank you thank you so much because what you created uh more than just bitcoin but the movement and the idea behind it is such a wonderful thing yeah yeah absolutely so um, tell me tell me about your cruise ah well so um um if you've heard of ugly old goat um he's a big trader in the community um one of the top traders on bitmex and he um, created this wonderful working man's Bitcoin cruise um, that sailed from California to Ensenada, Mexico for the Baja 400 race um, last weekend. So he decided that it's a Bitcoin first cruise. And um, what his focus was on bringing entrepreneurs, especially up and coming entrepreneurs in the Bitcoin space all together to, you know, to talk about the things that you know that they were doing or, or to talk about the things that they thought were important for for kind of our, our industry and it was great because you're meeting people who are developing their own businesses whether they're content creators or they're building an app or um, you know in, in my case um, Juan Galt and I are doing education and so we all got together on this cruise and the talks were just so unique and, and interesting and wonderful. And um, we, we just had a lot of fun and, and we learned a lot. Like I'm not a trader, um, but there was a couple of really great traders there. And I learned so much from them that I would never be able to get just from Twitter or TA or even um, some of the other speeches that I've seen at other conferences. Um, so I'm really blessed that I, I got to go and you know, thank you to Ugly and his wife for you know, for having us and, and for everything that they did. It was, it was a wonderful event. 
Was it invitation only? No. So actually it was open and we ended up um, trying to auction three last tickets on the cruise like a couple days before. And um, we had somebody and he was like, yeah, I want to come. And then we didn't hear from him. And then we reached out to all of our friends and we didn't get it, you know, um, um, those three tickets, unfortunately, kind of went by the wayside. Uh, but the speakers were definitely curated by Ugly himself. Um, and it all just came together, you know. Uh, Juan ended up knowing um, one of the producers of Bitcoin and Friends, that new cartoon, if you've seen it. Um, so he ended up coming along and uh, giving a speech about Bitcoin and Friends and how it developed and what their plans are for the cartoon. And um, uh, that was kind of, you know, a serendipitous event. And then a couple of the other speakers, you know, told Ugly about some other speakers. And so he kind of curated and put it all together. Um, so that part was kind of invite, but for the attendees, anybody could come. Um, we just didn't market it as much, maybe. Uh, but this was the kind of inaugural cruise. So we're definitely planning to have another one next year. And we're figuring out when good dates are and et cetera, et cetera. And we live streamed all of the content and we're going to be uh, publishing all of the videos individually so people can take a look and, you know, and see if they want to come next year. I was going to say, make sure you slide your boy the details. I'll pull up. I, I love taking cruises and I love Mexico. So ah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. We'd love to have you. Yeah. I'll do my show on board. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we did. Juan filmed everything. Um, you know, it was, it was good. We learned a lot. So I think for next year we'll be much more prepared and, um, there's something about the first of any conference that I really enjoy because it's a very small community. Everyone gets to know each other. There's no stage. You know, there's kind of like everyone's just kind of hanging out together and then you're stuck on a ship. So, you know, you get to just do all these things together. So I'm, and I'm really excited for the second conference because it's always bigger and, and better, but then the energy and the kind of ethos and, and the spirits of the first conference continues to emulate through all of the other ones. So you said something that resonated with me. You said you're not a trader. Mm -hmm. I am not either. I, I only use TA to uh, select entry and exit points, mm -hmm. but I am heavy into fundamentals because I hodl long-term. Yeah. What makes you an investor and not a trader? Is it because investing means you have to learn more about what it is that you're hodling? Or is it the learning curve involved with uh, trading? I, for me, um, it took me a long time to grasp the idea of trading. Uh -huh. um, I can read candlesticks, but I listen to guys like Cred and Bagsy, and I'm like, this is like next level shit. Like what they do is like, you know, amazing to me. And I just don't, I, I just don't have the time to learn and get that deep into right. it. But what I can do is read a mean white paper and do a background check on a development mm -hmm. team and see, you know, what use cases there are available. And maybe I should, you know, buy or, or you know, hodl this coin. Um, what is yeah. it about investing that appeals to you as opposed to trading? Um, well, I'm gen I'm generally a risk averse person when it comes to finances. Um, I'm, a, I'm naturally a saver. Um, I, you know, I'm not a gambler at all. I don't have any propensity to, you know, to wanting to win anything at all. <laughs> um, 
just I'm just not very competitive, I guess. So uh, trading has a lot of those elements. It's definitely risky. Um, you have to be very detail oriented and, and pay attention to what's going on in the market all the time. Um, then there's the kind of there's definitely a learning curve of how to do it. And then I think so. You know, to really be a trader, you actually have to, to you know you have to get in there and put in some money and put skin in the game and 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 maybe even lose a bunch of it as as you're trying to learn these things, um, which. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I would be good at it, um, but that risk is probably something that prevents me from, from really going forward and trying and actually sitting down and learning about it. Um, plus, I'm, I'm a lot, like, within the space, I'm just a lot more interested in, you know, education. Um, we do operational security. Um, I want to make sure that people can protect their HODL. Um, I'm a little bit more, I don't know, I guess, uh, inclined to create something to help other people while trading is a very like personal experience where you're kind of, you know, doing your thing and you're following the market and, and, and going through this stuff. Um, holding just feels a little bit less scary and, and easier to me. Um, and I'm, I'm here for the long haul. I mean, Bitcoin is, I, I, I see it already changing the world and I definitely see it changing the world in big ways in, in the future. It's, it's akin to those technologies that have um, have evolved, helped humanity evolve to next levels, like the internet, like the printing press, like the steam engine, um, like the wheel, et cetera, et cetera. And so I don't see it going to zero. Um, and I uh, I just I want to be involved in it, and I want to help as many people be involved in it too. Um, I just read a tweet earlier that said, you know, Bitcoin does everything backwards. It's retail investors before, you know, before corporations. It's 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 the regular people before the banks, um, and that's that's what I want to promote, and that's what I want to help with. That's actually an excellent segue into my next question. <laughs> you said we, and you mentioned teaching OPSEC, right? Mm -hmm. What projects are you working on right now? Um, yeah, in this space. Um, so uh, we started a company a couple months back called Be Your Own Vault, um, beyourownvault.com. Um, it's Juan Galt and I, and then we have a team of guys who um, help us with the technical stuff and website stuff, etc. Um, but uh, Juan created this amazing workshop um, with a security strategy for you know for the average holder. Um, it applies to traders. It applies to people who just wanna buy some Bitcoin and, and, and save it for the future. And um, this workshop is something that we're, we did a couple workshops in person and actually sat down with people. It's very hands-on. Um, it kind of it carries them through the strategy, talks about the real threats that are out there, um, the hacks that we do know about, and kind of how to hold your Bitcoin correctly and safely. And, and do it in an easy way so that you know so that non-technical people are not overwhelmed with the process because Bitcoin can get very technical very fast um, blockchain is not something that was really popular before Bitcoin came on the scene and um, so we want to help um, you know the, the the dads and the moms and and the grandparents who want to be involved in this and who see the potential but aren't really sure how to do it and um, we're making our workshop online. 
Um, we also do consulting on the side, um, so you can do a private session with us. And um, we're really, yeah, we're just really focused on helping people with that. Um, I worked for the Exodus Wallet for a couple months on a trial period, and it was great. They have an amazing team. Their customer service is great. Um, but I had no idea that so many people, after the whole, like, you know, after 2017, I had no idea that so many people lost their Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies just from the most, you know, just the most bizarre things. I talked to this probably 80-year-old grandmother who, you know, her grandkids convinced her to put some money in Bitcoin, and um, she didn't know where she put the private keys. She had it on a piece of paper. She said it was in her, you know, in, 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 in her desk. Um, her hard drive crashed. And she was like, you know, she's like, that's, at, the, at that time, Bitcoin was about $8,000. She's like, that's $8,000. I don't know how to get it back. And we tried everything that we could to help her. Um, you know, technically, she had a computer guy with her. And just the, you know, the, the file was gone. And the private key was gone. And there's really nothing that anybody could do at that point. And that's really sad. Um, because if, if I'm going to sit here and talk about how I think Bitcoin is there to help, the regular people and the regular people are faced with these things where either their wallet gets hacked or they lose their private key um, and I'm not somehow helping them then I don't know, might be a bit hypocritical of me <laughs> right if you're not if you're not doing something to help then you're just kind of saying stuff yeah I, you know one thing that I have noticed in this space um, the ratio of good people with good ideas and good intentions is very high um, compared to the charlatans and bad actors in this space. And it warms my heart to know that you want to help people and that you're doing this uh, from a position of adoption, uh, which is a great segue into my next question. <laughs> what do you think? I, ha I have one too. Go ahead, why, go for it. Why do you think that this community or, or this technology attracts so many um so many good people who like really, you know, really wanna wanna help each other and, and, and wanna in some cases free the world or, or, or create better technology or you know or why? We are idealists. Mm -hmm. We are tired of the status quo. We have had it with the normalization of victimization, the normalization of economic aggression. Mm -hmm. We have had it with the promotion of equality, but not promoting equity because they're two different things. People have had it. And Cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin specifically offer a third rail. They offer an alternate route to get to a place where people can find safety in themselves as opposed to from a third party, where they find that they can no longer be victimized because you don't have to trust anyone who can victimize you. When you realize that equity comes from your work, your labor, your hands, 
and equality is given to you. So that's where I'm coming from when I think about why uh, people in this space are generally good to each other and to future coiners. Yeah, I got, I got chills right there. I <laughs> totally agree. I'm an idealist as well. Um, I also think a lot of it is, um, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin teaches you responsibility and self-sovereignty. It's, it's designed that way um, yes. you know, because it comes from the cypherpunks and that's kind of their, um, their creed as well. Um, as well as privacy and anonymity. And that's that's all about controlling yourself and controlling your identity and controlling your information and controlling your money. Um, since I am an anarchist, I don't believe in voting in a democracy because I think that's mob rule. And I don't think that human beings, I don't think I as a human being can vote for somebody else's rights to be taken away from them. And I don't think that anybody else has the right to do that to me. And so... Um, in a free market, I think what we vote with is our currency, whatever that currency is, be shells or dollars or Bitcoin or whatever it is. If we finance people, if we give them resources um, and they don't produce things that agree, you know, with me, maybe morally, if it's a company that, you know, is, is selling this amazing product, but they're polluting, you know, all across, all across the country and, and spilling waste into the oceans, well then my vote is to no longer buy their product and to instead give my money and give my resources to a company that does respect you know, the planet and does provide value in ways that align with me um, morally and ethically. I am a firm believer in freedom through finance. Mm -hmm. um, when I first got on to uh, crypto, I had the avatar uh, of uh, one of my personal heroes, Marcus Garvey. And Garvey believed you need to be your own bank. Freedom will not come from asking someone to give it to you. Mm -hmm. Build your own space. Build your own world. Free yourself by picking yourself up. And I think the financial and self-sovereignty aspects of cryptocurrency really resonate with me at a subatomic level. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want a handout. Most of the time, I don't even want fucking help. I, I, you know what I mean? I want to do it. I want to be free to fail. Yeah. Because that is the best teacher. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be free to fail. I want to be free to fall on my face. I don't want you to give me anything that I have not earned. Because if I've earned it and you take it from me, I have no problem with retaliating. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, and that, that, that belief that we need to be of our own accord and that we need to stand on our own and, and we really need to learn about how cryptocurrency works and learn the differences between a trust and a trustless system really resonate with me um, about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and this community as a whole, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, definitely on the same page there. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you a question because we're getting ready to wrap up. Mm -hmm. Where do you see the future of blockchain technology 
and cryptocurrencies, specifically Bitcoin, in the next three to five years? Um, well, gosh, I don't know. Do any of us really know? <laughs> um, I think, you know, I think Bitcoin is going to continue on its trajectory of, of um, being adopted, um, you know, by exchanges, by companies, by merchants, by regular people. Um, I think it's going to keep growing and I think it's going to keep proving itself um, to the world that it actually can accomplish what it's setting out to do, which is create a world currency that isn't controlled by anybody. Um, and um, hopefully, you know, also teaching us all along the way of how to become more self-sovereign, how to become more responsible and how to become financially free um, so that we um, can create a world that's less dependent on big systems that are bound to fail eventually because everything, you know, um, nothing goes on forever. And, 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 um, and co yeah, com companies don't, don't last forever and neither do governments and neither do big NGOs etc cetera, etc cetera. um so we really need to rely on ourselves and our local communities and i think bitcoin's definitely going to be teaching that in the next couple years um blockchain um i think that there are really great use cases out there for blockchain um i worked for a bit with ubiquity llc um that is helping uh companies and and, and title companies and governments and um, counties to transfer title information onto the blockchain, um, which uh, decreases fraud significantly. Um, people can validate and check that the, their title on their home um, is you know, correct and, and, and they can see the history of all of that information because the, the systems that we have now are extremely inefficient and um, especially in third world countries it actually causes a lot of problems with um, land ownership. And a lot of people get hurt because of it. Um, so I think for use cases like that, blockchain will be extremely beneficial of eliminating waste and um, eliminating fraud. Maybe not 100%, but definitely, you know, at least 80, 90, maybe more. Um, and I think for also for some things where blockchain doesn't actually be use case because it's just a really big redundant database, you know, ran by many computers. That's not, that's not a solution to everything. And so I think over the next couple of years, we'll start differentiating where it can actually help us improve and become more efficient um, in what industries and in which industries it really should not be implemented because it's going to make things, you know, a lot slower and heavier and not so efficient. I want to take a moment to thank you of 49 episodes you were my most engaging guest oh thank you i appreciate you asking me questions well, i was really excited about this <laughs> <laughs> i have enjoyed your company oh me as well thank you thank you for joining me ladies and gentlemen lady anarchy <laughs> promise me you'll have a fantastic evening man mm, you too and i absolutely will thank you